welcome to Planet Chaos. I am your host, Brandon Chaos. Sitting with me is Ed Giggity. Hey, how's everyone doing today? So, uh, we're back after a long break. Um, lots been going on, and we're going to try to get caught up on that. Uh, today, we've got a couple guests coming into the studio. We got the Breezeway, they're going to be coming in for an interview and a, a, an acoustic performance. And then after that, we'll have Crash the Great in here. She's also going to be doing an interview and a little bit of a performance. So I'm looking forward to all of that. Uh, we got some great shows lined up in the future as well. We're going to have a lot of great guests and hopefully get back to some of the ridiculous shit that we used to do back in the day. I'm excited. I can't wait. No, I'm excited. I'm excited too, man. Uh, so what's been going on uh, in the news lately? You watch the news at all? I followed in the morning for the kids go to school. Yeah, but it's so ridiculous. Phone call me. How how so? How's the comedy? Oh, it's ridiculous. This whole impeachment thing, ridiculous. Everything. You want to talk about it? I can be your therapist. Oh, I would love to talk about let's, it. Let's talk. I don't about have the eighty-five dollars an hour to go through it. So what what's uh, what's with the impeachment that you find to be ridiculous? All the things that Trump had pulled, we're going to go with, he tried to get a quid pro quo. Of all the things, that, that's the thing. I don't know. I think it's a little weak. Well, most of what the government does is pretty fucking weak. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I look at it this way. You know, th- there's an election next year. And the Democrats want so desperately to win that election. And it, it seems like the impeachment is a distraction in, a, in, a, in the way that, like, I, I feel like they, uh, you know, it's showing a lack of confidence in their candidates. I think they need to realize that people nowadays want things done now. You figure we've been doing this pizza for what, like the whole month? And they're like, oh, we're taking two, three weeks off because of the holiday. People don't want to hear that. You're going to impeach them, go through with it, put it on TV, get the ratings, and get them out of there. Or don't do it and wait for the election. Well, they've been talking about impeachment since the day that he was elected. You know? It doesn't make much sense to me in in a way. Like, it seems like it's kind of been an obsession. I think that his base is just way, way, way too confident what he does. He, he literally said that he could shoot somebody in front of his hotel and still get elected. And people still voted for him. It's crazy. People need to realize that most, most voters don't have an idea what they're, what they're doing. They're just going to elect whoever they think is going to be the most entertaining, whoever's most likable, no matter what their issues is. That's... Uh, that's exactly what I said too. It's really all about the uh, the entertainment value of the whole thing. You know, politics politics is nothing more than uh, entertainment for simple minded people. You know, people you know they follow politics because it makes them feel like they're more intelligent than they actually are. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, like the Andrew Yang guy. Okay. He's not the most like, he's kind of a little dry. He's trying to come through. But he's, he has a good idea. Give everybody $1,000 a month to stimulate the economy and make everybody a little bit more rich. 
Because everybody went my use to bend and it comes around. But is he getting taken seriously? Nope. Everything's going to bite him because he's already known and he's most entertaining because he always messes up everything he says. Yeah. Well, no, the whole thing with uh, with Yang is like he, he gets it in a way that uh, you know, a lot of politicians don't realize like even like Democrats, Republicans, whatever, they 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 want to give the tax breaks to the wealthy, thinking that'll somehow stimulate the economy when they don't realize that it's the, the people that spend the most money are fucking poor people. Yeah. Rich people don't spend their money anywhere. No, no, they fucking keep it, man. Like poor people are the ones that are out there spending the money. When they got it, you know? All I know is at the end of our two weeks, we're lucky to have 40, 50 bucks to our name come the day before payday. So we're spending 95% of our income on things for children, bills, clothes, food. You know, rich people spend a very, very small percentage of their income on their everyday lives. That's how they stay rich. The rich get richer and poor get poorer. Well, uh, think about it this way, too, though. Uh, how much money are they spending on foreign vacations? You know, that's that's a big thing, too. They're spending money in other countries. Like, they're going to fucking Dubai or Japan or, you know, they go hunting in uh, Africa and hunt endangered animals. I bet you I spent more money down in South Beach than those rich people did over in Africa. They know people in Africa. They probably stay at their other people's mansions. They probably spend maybe a couple grand doing that, if that. Rich people know how to save the money. That's how they got rich. That's how they stayed rich. Well, you know, that's that's a given, you know. Well, what about uh? Who was that that little girl that went and spoke to the UN or whatever? Did you oh, I forget her name. Did you did you follow that at all? I you know what honestly I followed it through memes, so we know what it's all through memes. But basically she said like, "How dare you? You're spending all our money on this and this and squabbling over money we should be fixing the environment." But she's saying the same thing that everybody else says. Well, the people don't people don't care about the environment unless they can make money off it. Money runs everything. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a fact, man. And uh, I I really I stopped listening, you know, because she was like, "Oh, how dare you? You've taken my childhood." I was like, "Oh, that's it. I'm changing the channel." Like I I she's a little girl, and. She's talking to these grown adults like she is one, you know, and, you know, the thing is, you've got these these people, these politicians, these people in power or whatever that are like, oh, yeah, we're going to do everything in our power to uh, to save the environment. And then, you know, it seems like once they get into office, they just do their best to avoid the topic or they'll. Say that somebody else is, uh, you know, stonewalling them so that they can't get anything passed. And just the same old bullshit over and over again, you know. The two-party system doesn't work. Two-party system does not work. You can't have 
one side or the other because you can't get shit done as a people. If the whole Congress had no party lines, they would, they could feel free to agree with the guy down the street or the guy over here. There's a lot of Republicans right now. I bet set in their seats like you know what those Democrats are talking about. We could actually make a change. But if they switch over to Democrats, guess what happens? They get chastised by the president. They lose their funding. Republican Party will get them out, and the next time they go for election, they won't make elections. So they can't even really make a change. Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, a, a big thing is you, you know, you you just you know place the blame somewhere else when you don't get done what you're supposed to get done. You know, it's like it's it's a lot like being in a band or being on a football team together. You know, you place the blame on somebody else because you don't want to take the blame yourself. You know. Yeah, just like when we were looking at our phones where we started, how people in Philadelphia are burning Carson West jerseys because the defense gave up 30 odd points, like 37 points, whatever. They're going to blame the quarterback. He's not there playing defense. He's not a linebacker. He's not a safety. He's not blowing coverages. People always well, like to blame everyone else instead of looking at themselves like, oh, that's my bad. Whatever happens to the, the term, my bad, no one ever says that anymore. You know, to be fair, though, uh, Philly really kind of dropped the ball there. They 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 kept Carson Wentz when they really should have gone with Nick Foles. I don't follow. I usually don't follow too many other like other team sports, so I only know what I hear in passing. It doesn't matter. You don't you don't blame the quarterback for a total loss unless you do like six interceptions and like four fumbles. Okay, maybe I haven't seen the stats, so I don't know. I'm not Stephen A. Smith. I don't know all the stats, and I don't qualify as a sports commentator. But I do know, <laughs> I do know that a quarterback doesn't blow coverage and let the Dolphins score that much on them. What was the final score of that game? I didn't even catch that. I don't know. I can look it up. It's crazy. And people act like the Dolphins shouldn't win any games. But at the end of the day... No matter how bad you are all season, you're still an NFL team. Any NFL team can beat another NFL team. It's 37-31. So Carson Wentz goes in there, puts up 31 points. They lose by six. And they're burning jerseys. Anytime an NFL team loses, you always hear the old... Fire the coach, fire the quarterback bullshit, you know. You should know that you're a Browns fan. That's their, you know, that's their greatest hits right there. I tell you what, I started the uh, Fire Freddy hashtag weeks ago because it's stupid play calling. Sometimes it doesn't have a coach. A head coach should never be an offensive coordinator. He should be a head coach at it. Occasionally he can say, hey, pass the ball instead of running or run this play instead. Not every every down. He shouldn't be calling every offensive play. He needs to be able to observe the game. He has an offensive coordinator, right? Yeah, he doesn't use them. Yeah, wait, who who's his offensive coordinator? I don't even know. They did have uh they had what's his name and they fired him. Yeah, the guy that used to be in Pittsburgh. You know what I'm talking about? The fuck was his name? Are you talking about uh, Bruce Arians? No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, they fired this guy the same day they fired Jackson. I can't even fucking. 
I can't fucking remember his name. It's not important. Yeah, I've never heard of him. Yeah. No one has because he doesn't exist. He's just there because you have to fill a position. They they need to bring back Romeo Cornell, man. What? Yeah. What's the craziest thing you've ever said? Dude, he he was the last Browns head coach to have a winning season. Oh yeah, yeah, he sucked. You know what? I don't I think they should have kept the guy from last year. Todd Haley? No, not Todd. He was the one that took over after they got rid of Jackson. Oh, I have no clue. Let me look it up. Gosh, which 2018. What was this guy's name? Dude with the glass. I can't remember his name now. You talking about the big fat guy? No, that guy was the uh, that guy was the John Dorsey. Dorsey. Oh, yeah. That's what they should pick. Dorsey turned that team around. As soon as Jackson went out, he, he opened the playbook for Mayfield, and that was it. He was on fire. They should have kept Dorsey. Is is Mayfield going to be out for a little while or what? What's going on with him, man? He hurt his hand. I don't see anything that says that he's going to be out. But I don't know. I mean, we didn't get to watch those games because we were doing our thing here. But, yeah. you know, the Browns are the Browns. It's always going to either be good or bad. There's no in the middle. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the Browns. We finally beat Pittsburgh. And I'm like, with 10 seconds left, there's no way to screw this up. And Miles Garrett was like, hold my home. And that was it. Yeah. So, uh, what are you thinking for Super Bowl, though? What, what You got any predictions? I'm going to go with the Patriots because the Patriots are the Patriots. That's a cop out, man. No, it's not. That's a cop out. That's a fucking cop out. They lost one game this, this year. Who the fuck did they lose it to, though? I don't even know. The team that's going to go to the Super Bowl. The yeah. I don't think they're going to Oh, they absolutely will. Yeah. So I think their quarterback is good. I think he runs around a lot. But the thing with rushing quarterbacks is with the end of the season, they start to wear down. Yeah, they're still going to Super man. <laughs> if you want to use transitive properties, that because Ravens beat the, uh, the Patriots, it makes them better. Who beat the Ravens this year? We're not going by that. The Browns. We're not going by that. The Browns contain that quarterback. All they gotta do is cap. They, all they gotta do is copy what the Browns did, and that's it. And they got him. You, you want to sit there and say Bill Chick isn't gonna have an answer for that kid this time? I really don't think he will. Oh, he has three people following that guy around all the time right now. <laughs> Bill Belichick knows the fuck <laughs> that guy's fart when he does it. Tell him. Yeah, I don't know, man. I. I really, I don't know. Who do you think is going to make it for the NFC, man? The NFC's all, the got NFC a lot of good-looking teams. Oh, they're so sad. That, that whole, that one division, they only have like four losses between them. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's you crazy. Seahawks, Vikings, uh, Packers, Niners, Saints. Uh, who else? There's a lot of good-looking teams in, that, in, in the NFC, man. It's crazy. It, it's been a crazy year. But every year is a crazy year. There's so much stuff that goes on. So many times to access when people moving around. It's hard to be a perennial team. Well, the NFC usually sucks massive dick, though. 
true. This year, they got a lot of great teams, man. I'm really surprised. A lot. Let's see. You got the East the Cowboys are six and six in leading their division. That's a weak division. Yeah. In the North, we got the Packers at nine and three, the Vikings at eight and three. Yep. The South, we got the Saints at ten and two. Yep. And then Bucks, Panthers, and Falcons are all on the bottom. Yeah. But then you go to the West, you get the Niners going ten and two, the Seahawks nine and two. Yeah. Like it don't seem fair. That the Cowboys at six and six are are automatically in the playoffs and a five hundred team because their division sucks, and then the Seahawks or someone or even the Vikings might lose out. Yeah, uh, you know, there's not really much you could do to control that as a team. Like if the rest of your division sucks, like everyone you know says about the the Patriots, oh they're in a weak ass division. That's why they're so good. Yeah, they really have no control over that. They looked at the fact that, you know, the other three teams in their division suck really bad. So they're like, we're going to stack our fucking team and come in and dominate. And that's what they did. That's the, the Steelers have been doing it for years. You know, I mean, they've got the Bengals and the Browns in their division who've always been really bad. And then the Ravens who, you know, they're always up and down. You know, one team people not talking the Buffalo Bills. They're at 9-3. Yeah, yeah. They're doing good, man. Just in perspective, the Chiefs and the head of their division are 7-4. Texans are 7-4. Yeah. Ravens are 10-2. Steelers are 7-5. The Bills at 9-3. They have the third best record in the AFC. It's been a long time, man. Long time. And with the Browns screwing up, I think the Steelers have a wild card now, the second one. Bills are the first one, yeah. Steelers are the second one. Steelers are looking at playing Houston, I believe, in the playoff picture. The The Browns aren't in the wild card yet. They're still in the hunt. But the Bills play the Steelers the 15th in two weeks. Yeah. Steelers got the Cardinals. They're calling Arizona favorite win for that one. They have no prediction on the Bills Steelers. Then they got two easy games against the Jets, and then a hard one against Ravens. Honestly, the Steelers could lose three to the last four easily. Oh, yeah. The Jets are not the down surprising team. They might even, they could lose the rest. They could lose all four. You don't know. That's why, you know, I I even said, like, after today's win, you know, I. I can still see uh, Steelers going eight and eight, which is what I predicted, you know, in preseason. All right. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to get the breezeway in here. All right. We'll be right back.
right. I am sitting here right now with Roy and Jesse from the Breezeway. What's going on, guys? Yeah, not too much, man. Thanks for having us out here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you guys can make it. Um, so you guys have been around for a long time, right? Yeah, we started the band in 1996. 96? Yeah. We were pretty young then. Well, how old were you guys then? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Wow. Yeah. You guys are about the same age as me then. Yeah, born maybe one. Okay, that's the same year I was born. Uh, yeah. You guys are you guys are twin brothers, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. I try to look different sometimes, but never get away from that. Now, is it is it difficult being in a band, being brothers? Is it... I mean, sometimes we have our conflicts, but I mean, it kind of helps out in a lot of ways that we're able to work on songs a lot together. Yeah. You know, our schedules kind of run together, so we're able to always make the recording sessions make the game no problem yeah because i know uh you know like the black crows the robinson brothers always have issues and then the gallagher brothers and oasis those are probably the most famous ones you know oh yeah that was always kind of like waiting what, what the next thing's gonna be yeah but then like being brothers though too you guys have incredible musical chemistry i mean it so it it does have its advantages as well you know yeah yeah um did you guys uh start out playing the instruments that you play now okay Okay. For a while, like, where I played the other, and I played the trumpet. So you guys both play multiple instruments, then? Yeah, but then it got to the point where you know we discovered the drums and the guitars. Okay. And kind of stuck with that. We still play keyboards. We don't even have a piano anymore, but yeah, you know, electric piano now. It's easier to haul around. Yeah. Right on. Um. So, who are some of your musical influences? Because I know, uh, you know, musically, you guys are kind of all over the place with styles that you tackle, and you know. I know that over the years, your style has changed and, and evolved as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, probably originally started out here, you know, into Nirvana, Green Day. A lot of these, like, you know, punk bands and you know, some, some, of the, some of the grunge bands. We've always had a lot of like, classic rock influence as well. Like, okay. Creedence Clearwater, a little bit of Rolling Stones, you know, the Beatles. Okay. And then, you know, then our mom bought us the NWA album back in the day. Yeah. She was trying to keep hip with the side. <laughs> You know what it was. Yeah. But some of those influences help us a lot too with learning how to write, rap, like rhymes, you know, things that rhyme better, how to flow. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not like a rap group, but we do try to put some rap and hip hop elements. Yeah. From time to time. We always had our early influences, but we still get influenced by stuff. Like, if, you know, if we hear about a new band that just came out and they're really good, we might be influenced to make a song up that sounds kind of like them. We're constantly evolving and we're influenced by everything, everything around us actually a good way to be i like that you know when, when bands are able to you know take an influence from stuff that's new you know and kind of incorporate that into what they're doing i think that's great sometimes you know i almost think sometimes it hurt us in a way but i mean a lot of bands that are successful tend to have a certain sound People yeah relate. i mean sometimes bands will branch out but sometimes we're kind of all over the map so i mean we have little pockets of fans that like the hip-hop stuff little pockets of fans that like the more grunge stuff. Yeah. Okay. Some of that evolution might have came from a lot of different band members we've had over the years too. Yeah. We're the only two original ones that are left. Okay. But we're always, you know, trying to have good 
good when band members fill in their band. They all bring their own influences and styles to the band. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you guys have played all over the place, right? I, I know a few international places you guys have hit, but uh, you know, where else have you guys played outside of the U.S.? Outside the U.S., the first time we ever played outside of the U.S. was on in these Okay. We got booked um, by a booking agent that rent us for a week in one venue. Okay. So it was kind of nice, like, you know, you travel there, but you stay there the entire week. Yeah. So you don't have to move around as much, but you also get to experience the city more. That's pretty cool. A lot of times we're playing gigs, even like, you know, we go play New York or something. Yeah. You know, we play it, and then we just leave. We don't really get to look around as much. And, yeah. That's kind of one one of the downsides of being a touring musician. You don't really get to see the places you visit. Oh, it seems like you get to see all these places, but you get to see the venue, the hotel, and maybe yeah. the street place or something. Well, where else have you guys played? I know you guys have played the UK. Here we have played um, London, Liverpool, Manchester, Burnley, Leeds, Leeds. Okay. Um, some other ones too, like Salford. Okay. Know, like one place close to Manchester. Yeah. And then in Milan, Italy once. Nice. I didn't know about that one. Have you guys ever went to another country where they didn't really speak English and it was hard for you guys to have a tour guide to get around? Oh, man, for sure. Luckily, the first time we played in France, we had an older brother with us, a brother Nathan. And he's, he's 100% fluent in French. Oh, wow. He'd lived over in Paris for a while and in Strasbourg. So it was nice having him around. He was able to translate everything and he, he knew how to get us around. Yeah. And he would also like let us know when people are talking trash about us. It's probably better not to know because yeah, got in a fight one time over there when some kids thought we were British and they made them off off the ball like common. And I, I would have rather just let it go, but it ended up turning into a full out brawl. It was all self defense though, and the cops showed us. And yeah, we wanted to go to another country and start with country. Yeah. That's something we've always tried to be good representatives of the United States. Yeah. Whenever we go abroad, we always try to treat everybody with as much respect as possible. Because you never really know what kind of information they're getting, just like our news, you know, their news. Yeah. You know, so we always try to make sure, like, well, if we're the only Americans they meet that year, we want them to have a good impression of us. Oh, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Well, uh, you guys also play with Green Jelly, right? Is, yeah. it, is it green jelly, or are they back to being green jello again? Most of the people in the circle and all that's called green jello. Okay. But I think um, technically because of the trademark issues, it's, yeah. it's listed as green jello. Yeah, I know they've gone back and forth on it a few times, and they got sued at one point in time. Oh, like Kraft, um, the company that makes it. Yeah. I do think of the jello company. Yeah. They, they, always, yeah, they try to use the green jello name, but I think technically, whenever they, they type it out, they print up the CD, it pretty much it has to be green yeah. Now, how did you guys end up landing that gig? I know there's a lot of people in that band, with like 700 or well, something I mean, like that now. You know, that's a yeah. Amount. Like, yeah. Like, we opened up for them in Virginia, like, maybe almost 10 years ago. Okay. And then, then there was nothing after that. Yeah. And then it was like, they had some drummer drop out on them, and all of a sudden, you know, they asked, like, hey, you know, you see you're in Ohio around Akron, you know, were you filling on the drums? So I had to go do an audition of them. Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. That's where the lead guitar players lived at the time. Yeah. So I went out there and did that. And I played for a couple of years, and then they needed another guitar player, so the boys started jamming with them after that. Nice. What What's Bill like working with? Oh, yeah. Like, he's, he like, seems like he's a little crazy. Yeah, on stage, he's crazy. Yeah. He's got that persona. And he has to keep up. Off stage, super nice, quiet guy. Yeah. yeah he's like, 
old punk rocker, old yeah. metalhead. So he's cool and laid back until a promoter doesn't pay him. Then he goes to his house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I was up in Canada not too long ago. Was that was that Canada where that happened? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. We only like fell in with them when we could make the gig. Yeah. So it's sort of like a, you know, you kind of decide your own level of involvement with them as well. Yeah. If you want to make all the gigs, you can make all the gigs. You want to make a gig here and there. It's pretty much just like left up for. I mean, each show is different. Yeah. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, he's got a you know rotating cast of musicians that that he plays with, but yeah. you know it's cool that you guys get to be a part of that. No, but he's kind of like taking the old Frank Sinatra aspect yeah. run of it, where but the guy himself tours around, you know, flies to city to city, but the band's already there. Oh yeah. So that way, the band isn't. It's not the same band traveling to every single gig, and yeah, save a lot of money, and it helps a lot of resume builders for these people to get to play with them. Oh yeah, you know, it helps them sometimes score other gigs or something, or maybe even land a job in another band. Yeah, we got to learn a lot more about Green Jelly too. Prior to joining, never knew that Manners and Tool was in that band. Oh yeah, actually, I think yeah. most of the guys from Tool were in that band at one yeah. point in time. The drummer as well. Yeah, they have a lot of classic connections, and I know they went on. The Tool went on to use some of that claymation. Oh yeah, idea that kind of really did come from um, Warren Manspeaker originally. Yeah, some of his. Puppetry, like a scope shot videos. Yeah, well, you know, booking bands. I've uh, you know worked with a lot of guys that you know are touring touring bands. You know, and like, oh yeah, I'm a member of Green Jelly. So yeah, there's a lot of them out there, and they all have other projects, which is oh, yeah. you know, which is really cool. I I worked with uh, Dirty Reggae Punks once. Oh yeah, they're really cool guys. It's thunder and it's coming right. through my mic. That's crazy. That was like right the yeah. I haven't gotten the studio all soundproofed yet. It's Ohio. Yeah. Spent a year in Florida and the weather was super predictable there. You know, oh, yeah. now, you know, back in Ohio and you don't know what it's going to be from one day to the next. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's the dry season, so you're not going to get much rain. Yeah. So, uh, what are you guys up to right now? You guys are working on some new music, right? Yeah, right now we're working on a Christmas album for next year. Okay. <clears throat> like usually we'd knock this kind of thing out like August or something, and then we'd be ready for the Christmas season. Yeah. Really, you know, but recording in the summertime sometimes you don't have that same nostalgia to it or something. You know? Yeah. It's hard to get the vibe. You know, it's like yeah, nine degrees out. with uh, DJ Q-Ball from uh, Bloodhound Gang, right? Yeah. Well, formerly a Bloodhound Gang. 
Yeah. Yeah. How did that come about? Well, it's like a lot of our contacts we make them nowadays, like starts with Facebook. Okay. You hear a lot of bad stuff about Facebook, but for us, we try to use it to the max. Yeah. You know, some of these guys, like, you know, they were rock stars back in the day, like, they're starting up profiles and they kind of want to see what's going on with people. And so I found that his, um, his Facebook site, which is not DJ Cubeball, it's like his real name. Yeah. And so I just sent him a message, man. I said, hey, man, you're like, you know, a big fan of yours. And I've seen you play a bunch of times. And you know, how would you like to add some DJ scratches to one of our songs? And he wrote right back and said, yeah, I'd love to help out and I want to be a part of it. Was it hard to get him on board for it? Like, did you have to, you know, toss out a price up front or say, yeah. hey, how much would it be? It's actually pretty much free. Nice. That was it? He saw a picture wow. from Jesse on his Facebook site where he's wearing this yellow shirt and has a duck on it. Real stupid shirt, man. But again, DJ Keeble said he wanted that shirt. So, and that was like years later that we actually heard about that. So we're like trying to find this shirt and it's been packed away for a couple of years. <laughs> he, he, also, he runs a booking agent as well, agency as well. Okay. And so he started booking us for gigs out in Eastern Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like around the Philadelphia Phoenix School. Okay. So, like Octave Company or? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess Blood Hell Gang isn't together anymore, right? Man, it was like a couple, couple of years ago they put a handful of songs out. Yeah. Song. Even had Joey Fatone, that guy from like, yeah. one of those Factory Boys or something. Or it was uh, in sync. Yeah. 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 Now he's the uh, he's the announcer on uh, Family Feud. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess they're not together anymore, and Jimmy's off doing. Uh, some solo stuff yeah. or whatever, yeah. yeah I know. Even towards their end, they were still doing really well in Europe. Oh yeah. Like playing all those German places and stuff. I think one of their biggest problems is they took way too much time in between albums. Oh yeah. Yeah, five, six, seven years in between albums. Yeah. In in the current music market, you really can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's there's some artists that kind of you know really roll the dice when they take three years to put out an album. You know, oh, yeah. you gotta you gotta constantly be pumping out new stuff, even if it's just singles. You know, like with the way streaming is the way that people get most of their music nowadays. You know, if you release two, three, four singles a year through streaming, then you could kind of continue to stay relevant. You know. Oh yeah. You uh, do you guys have your stuff out there on streaming? Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure we got Spotify and okay. stuff like that. Do you like that mm -hmm. better than putting out actual physical albums? It's cheaper for us. Yeah. yeah. You go through the distributor, we spend about fifty bucks releasing an album. Yeah. And that gets sent out to all those well, iTunes, Spotify. Okay. Or you can also get like you know, three or four thousand streams and only get a couple bucks out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, really, it's a really small. A couple of these angling gigs we got because people were Spotifying the songs, you know, like they listened to them over there. We're not making much off of it, but then you end up getting a gig out of it. Yeah. Tacking on to a few other gigs, and all of a sudden we got a little tour or whatever. So it's, got, it's like a tool. It's, it's got its benefits, then, right? Yeah. Um, so if you say it's better to, to put out a streaming album and use that as a stepping stone to book gigs, or concentrate on just album stuff and then do a couple gigs. What would be more lucrative for an artist coming up, you think? Well, it's probably faster, you know, to get it right to the digital. 
because you get it right out there, and, and someone in Japan can like be downloading it or streaming it the next day. But yeah, it's, it's kind of tough, you know, because I, I don't know if there's really any right or wrong way of doing anything in this music industry. Yeah, it's just however you get the word out and you, you know, try to get your music in people's hands and or on the computers or whatever. Uh, do you do you guys do better with streaming than you do with physical copies, or do you yeah. just not keep track of it? Well, yeah, I mean, we haven't pressed the CD up in a while now. Like, I don't know, we had an album called House Young Surgery that was 2006. Or okay. But that might have been the last time we actually pressed up a CD. Yeah. Well, we that have that shit gets CDs. so expensive. Oh, yeah, you're you pressing want, CDs. Yeah, if you want to get a good deal, you might have to get a couple of thousand made up or something. Yeah, and then when I see these these uh, unsigned and, and local artists that are pressing vinyl too, oh, yeah, that's yeah. way more expensive. I can't believe some of these bands do that. Yeah, but you guys, you guys have your own studio, right? We do. Okay. Yeah, we save a ton of money on that. Yeah. We used to rent off the studio. We live in Nashville. We rent off the studio. It could be, you know, hundreds of dollars every day. Yeah. You'd rent that out for a whole week. Yeah. We were still pressing up CDs at that point, so we did have a good plan for having a lot of good gigs to get this money back. Yeah. And hope you push, you know, ten. 15 CDs each show or something. And kind of gambling, you know, at a casino. It's a, you better be willing to lose the money if you're going to invest it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the the studio you guys have, is it the Medusa? Is that you um, guys? That's our friend, Will Ferrara. Okay. And we've worked there for a while. Okay, and so you guys do work there? Yeah, like it okay. was a recording school for a while. Yeah. And so we were just there as um, instructors and supervisors. Okay. So we just teach a few courses on, like, you know, micropens. Pro Tools, Pro Tools, okay. and, you know, a bunch of different stuff like that. And it was nice, small classes. You might six, seven people in a class. And the problem was we couldn't really get a whole lot of interest. I think it only went on for a few sessions. And then a lot of the people that really want to go to recording school are going to go to Nashville or Chicago or New York. Or Full Sail, which full is sale. Yeah, yeah, that's incredibly cool. popular, yeah. And that one's in Florida. That's in, uh, yeah, Orlando, Florida. Hey, yeah. Same pictures where they have all those SSL boards. and a place... Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. They have like some great studios in there. They got because they do film, TV, radio, all that stuff in oh, there yeah. too. Yeah, I I actually know a few people in the uh, broadcasting industry that went there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but there's still a really good studio. If there's any bands out there that want to record, I mean, he has like real reasonable prices up there. But he still runs it as a commercial studio. Okay. Even now that it's not a school anymore. Yeah. There's there's some really good studios in this area. For as oh, small yeah. as this area is, there's a lot of great studios around here. And the price is right too. Yeah. I mean, some of the really nice places are only like, you know, 30 an hour or something. It's yeah. Unheard of down in other markets, but it used to be a lot more some of these studios around here. I don't know if you guys use some of the, the big studios in the area, but they used to charge a hell of a lot more back oh, in the yeah. day. It's been a while. Not but, set up our own thing. I mean, yeah. occasionally, you know, we do a lot of recording in our studio, but Sometimes we'll take it somewhere else to mix it. Yeah. Or else somebody else mix it. And then you can just like transfer that pretty easily. Yeah. In big studios. You guys do all your own production? Yeah, we do. Okay. Kind of starting from the click track all the way to mastering. Nice. On most of the projects. Now, uh, the, the people that are in your band now, how long have they been with you guys? Because I know you guys have had, uh, you've got, had a little bit of a rotating cast over the years. It's been kind of pretty much a, a solid band now for four years maybe okay and chrissy reed has been with us for about five or six years now on the vocals and 
Our bass player Bernie has been with us for a couple of years, and, but they're also our friends too. Yeah, that's kind of how we felt this band out. We moved back here. We just kind of looked around some of our friends and we're like, oh, we can be trained to play some music. And yeah. we have an additional rapper in the band named IR. Okay. He comes up with some of the gigs, gets on some of the recordings. Yeah. Okay. And we try to operate really the same way with our band. You know, everybody decides how much they want to be a part of it and which gigs they can make it. Yeah. And some gigs we play just acoustic, other ones it's full out electric. Okay. We really kind of have sets made up for both, just in case. Even the last time we went over to the UK, we, we hooked up with one of our friends that we'd met over there before, and he filled up on the bass guitar for us over there. So we didn't have to travel with the bass guitars last time. Yeah. It was just us two. We just went over there, and, and our friend Mike Rupert filled in with us. And he was a local guy, so he, you know, he could couple shows everywhere and drive us around. Nice. He was a big Spotify user as well, so like he'd already known all of our songs that we were gonna play. Yeah, that saved us a ton of time for because we're gonna put all the notes out on the email and send it to him, and he's like, oh, I already know all these songs. <laughs> like, wow, that's good though. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are gonna play a little bit for us today, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, let's get that going, man. Are we just doing guitar, or do we have some some percussion here today too? Okay, cool, nice. Yeah, I I figured. All right, they're getting set up right now. That's a nice guitar. What kind of guitar is that? Okay. Nice. That's the second one he's had. First one got sent to the United Arab Emirates. Oh, jeez. Like a place in the middle east. It's kind of far away. And the guitar's gone. But the insurance company paid for this new one. That's good. Yeah, the Taylor's a nice guitar. I used I used to play a lot of different Gibson guitars, but I definitely noticed that the acoustic guitar like Taylor does a pretty good job. <clears throat> no. I think I might try a song called My Ball. Alright. It's a kind of more of our country southern rock one of our songs, but it's one that we like to even when we go abroad and play because you know, we're always like, hey, anybody out here, like in England, be like, anyone out here ever call them mud bogging? And they have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, like, well, you know, you take your pickup truck out, and you're like, pickup truck? None of us own pickup trucks. In the <laughs> like, all the times we've been abroad, I've only ever seen maybe two pickup trucks. Oh, jeez. As far as, like, the personal, like, small ones. It's kind of an American thing. And, yeah. Look at them, they like to hear that because they've never heard a band ranting about that before. Yeah. It's like they have farmers and stuff over there that have trucks, but a lot of times they're not really coming to the city too much. Yeah. Robert Tennant and the Flock. Alright, so we're going to do a song here called Mud because I guess we're originally from Clumpkin County, so we're about to bring a little bit of that up here. Yeah, we have a lot of these mud bog events down there, like around Lesbian and Elkton. <laughs> People actually just go out mud bogging. Being that it's Columbia County, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah, don't hold out against us, though. Went mud bogging trail hugging all day. I went down to the fields again. When I'm told we fields up, I'll be coming home soon, and everybody will be looking my way. 
Well, the mud was everywhere. It was in my old lady's hair. This was the whiskey and beer. Bottles and cans in the bar, but the man it didn't take them too long to get here. I went my bargain trail hugging all day. I went down to the fields again. When I tore the fields up, I'll be coming home soon, and everybody will be looking my way. Well, I looked in my mirror, now my sight's not very clear from that whiskey, yeah, from that beer. But to my surprise, I saw the flashing lights, it's time to get myself out of here. I went mud bogging trail hogging all day, I went down to the fields again. When I tore the fields up, I'll be coming home soon, and everybody will be looking my way. Sometimes we kind of have to think about what we're going to do here today. You guys got anything else? Yeah, there was another song that we put out earlier this year. It's a song called Gone Away. Yeah, so this next song is called Gone Away that did a little bit of a music video for it earlier this year where we couldn't really think of a good scheme for that video. So just sort of had everybody send pictures and stuff in with like loved ones or pets or anyone that they've like lost or just haven't seen in a long time. So 
it's kind of cool. We got our fans and family to all get involved in that one. That's actually really cool. I like that concept. Yeah, it made it easy where, you know, all we had to do is film a little bit of performance and yeah. put in all these pictures people send. That's cool. Though. I, like, when you guys do music videos, though, like, who, who directed it? Um, we just sort of did that all on our own. Okay. Yeah, all the videos, Jesse's edited up. Okay. He does most of the editing and a lot, lot of the directing and stuff, but <clears throat> there was one video that we had made by another company for a song called Good. Okay. And that was like Kawhi Daniels and Youngstown. I think like DP Visuals, maybe it's his company now. What, yeah. what program do you use for video editing? Well, we started up just using the iMovie. Okay. First, and then there was, we don't really do so much, but at least with the basic version we had. Yeah. So we ended up getting this thing called Wondershare Femora. Okay. It's sort of like, it's an Italian company, I think. Yeah. But it's a real affordable editing program. It's got all these capabilities and we're actually still learning as we're going along there. Like, yeah. we've always just been on the audio side for, you know, you know, so many years. But then, we're like, well, we need to learn this video stuff, you know? Yeah. You know, we did get into the music video thing pretty late. <clears throat> like, you know, I think our first music video wasn't until, like, 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah. We've been a band for a while before that. Yeah. We just never really put any emphasis on music videos. because like MTV was going away and... You know, before, like, you know, YouTube and stuff, it's like, we never really thought about where people would even get the music videos if you made one. Yeah. I mean, now it's real easy, because everybody just goes to YouTube, or you can post them right to, like, social network, like Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. Well, I, I love doing video stuff, too. I, I actually, I use uh, Adobe Premiere oh, for yeah. my video editing. Like yeah. People recommended that as being one of the best programs. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what we're going to get to eventually. Yeah. I've used uh, Final Cut, too. I don't, I, I don't like that one as much. You know, I don't think it's as user friendly as Adobe. Adobe has a lot of great programs that are all very user friendly. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Photoshop. Yeah. Some of the, I've never actually used them, but I know they get used quite a bit. Yeah, and I use Adobe Audition for all my audio recording. Mm. Yeah. All right. So, what's the name of the song again? Probably called Gone Away. All right. Let's hear it, guys. A little bit of a slower one, so it's very well Cherish every moment you got. One day you're here, the next day you're not. It's like the end of the day when the sun goes down, the curtains fall, take a bow to the crowd. Just know that you gave it to your all. Put your best songs, best dances, the ball is after all. There's only so much time to get the right beat and find the right rhyme. So I'm thinking about yesterday, all the good and bad times. What can I say? Set lit for today. Live your life right, keep your goals inside, and let your wings take flight. Promise me you'll never give up the fight. You got a beautiful life, and that's all right. You still got breath, and that's good enough. Keeping it strong when the going gets tough. The nights are long, the days are strange. Since you've gone away, I'm holding on. I feel the pain. Since the day you've gone away, since the day that you've gone away, I've seen a lot of dark clouds and a few bright days. Keep it strong, like a dog gets stuck. With nights are 
take you guys to write a song? I don't know. Like, sometimes we'll spend you know, months trying to write a song. Other times we'll get it all written in one or two days. Every song's different, right? Yeah. yeah. What what usually comes first, though, when you guys are writing? For us, it's usually the music. Yeah? Like, you know, we're able to write music a lot easier than just write out words. So it's almost like we need the music and then we start trying to hear a melody or something. Yeah. So usually we're just like throwing like some generic rubbish kind of words, but just kind of like singing the melody. Then we'll go back and fine tune this into real thoughts or whatever. Yeah. Makes sense. You guys got anything to plug while you're here today? Got any shows coming up? Anything yeah. other than the, the Christmas album? Yeah, we've got some Christmas shows coming up. In okay. December. We're going to be one in Salem and one in Portland. Not exactly sure on the dates, but I know it's December 21st. We'll be at Leap One in Salem. Okay. And December 28th at the Casual Pint in Borden. And then uh, everyone can find you on uh, social media, right? Yeah, we're on the, the Facebook and okay. even Instagram. We started up one of those things a few months ago. I, I got to tell you, Instagram is so good for promoting stuff, man. Yeah, I've noticed that. It's yeah. December, you just put a picture up, everyone like, sees it. Yeah. Sometimes you put a little info up below or something. You put hashtags up? You know, I... When I, when I first started doing this was when uh, Instagram first came out. When I started doing th this particular show before we you know, went off the air for six years, um, I, I started using Instagram and hashtag and everything. I had people from all over the place that would be searching these hashtags, and they would find it and listen to the fucking show. Oh, yeah. It was incredible. We got into it late again. Like, yeah. It was late. It was, it was a few months ago. We were kind of sitting around just thinking of different marketing ideas and whatnot, but we started realizing that almost 100% of promotion we're doing was just on Facebook. Yeah. And then we realized that there's a lot of people that aren't on Facebook, and there's some people, that even if you're on Facebook, you don't see all the posts, all the flood of information coming through. Yeah. And, and 
Facebook's algorithms are fucking ridiculous sometimes, you know, like if, if you put up a post that doesn't get a whole lot of engagement, then the number of people's news feeds that your next post shows up and goes down. Oh, yeah, right? Because it's like some kind of average or... Yeah. Yeah, it's right. stupid. If you don't get enough likes, like, the next time you post it, it's going to blow up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's like, stupid. Like, my Facebook follows the same form of people. Like, the views always like to the memes. Yeah. yeah. I have, like, 100 Facebook friends and actually, like, four of them. Hey, I've always wondered how that works, because we're always constantly trying to figure it out. Like, how can we make yeah. this work better? It's, you know, as, as a marketing guy, I'm always trying to, you know be on the cutting edge of what the new promotional tools are. So like I was one of the first people on Twitter and Instagram, Tumblr, all that, you know, nobody uses Tumblr anymore though. Now that they got rid of all the porn, like I used to get a ton of engagement on Tumblr. I'm using the same fucking hashtags, but I get nothing now. It's like everybody left just cause they got rid of the porn. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for coming on to the show. I really appreciate it. You guys have been one of my favorite locals for a very long time. I'm glad you guys are still together. 23 years. That's impressive. It really is. <laughs> we're all getting old, man. We're, we're pushing 40 over here, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I also want to thank anybody that's listening or anyone who listens wants us to broadcast. Yeah, we appreciate you guys having us in here. Yeah. Awesome. All right, thank you very much again, guys. Welcome back. That was uh, it was a good interview and uh, performance there from the Breezeway. I enjoyed that. Yeah, super nice guy. Super nice guy. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, for for guys that have been around for a long time, they really don't have the whole ego thing going on, which is good. You know, especially with uh, the fact that they tour all over the world, and you know, they've uh, collaborated with Bloodhound Gang and shit like that. You know, they're real humble dudes. I like that about them. Yeah, I was shocked. I, like, I came in not knowing anything about them. I was like, wow, like, you've done all these things. You're just your chill with us. Like, I felt really privileged to have them here. Yeah, well, I've been doing this a long time, and I get some big names every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, I really like that mud song. Mud bogging, mud bogging. That's it, mud bogging. That's uh, that's what they call it down in uh, Columbia, Kentucky. No, I love. You know what? I love those big country areas. My cousin Marsha actually lives down there. She lives down in. Uh, she's called Nagley. Nagley, isn't that uh, isn't that out by like uh? Rogers, uh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of the country, you know. Not really my thing, you know. 
I enjoy it. You know what? The country had better Wi-Fi and better internet. I will move out to the country. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need my internet and I need my garbage food. Yeah. Um. So I, I promised some people that I would plug some shows that are coming up in the near future. Uh, December 6th. Uh, if you're in the Mansfield, Ohio area, uh, A Killer's Confession, which features Waylon Rebus, formerly of Mushroomhead, uh, they'll be playing with Metal Mafia, Pandemic Wave, Lethal Dose, and I Told You. So that seems to be an interesting show. Uh, Metal Mafia always puts on a fantastic show. Uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, I, I like their music, but I also like the fact that those guys are entertainers. They, you know, they give you a little bit of theatrics with it too, which is great. Um, also, uh, this isn't really a show so much as it is a, uh, book release party. Um, Doug Esper, who recently wrote the book uh, Reintroducing Chuck Mosley, Life on and Off the Road, uh, he'll be doing his book release party at the Root Cafe in Lakewood, Ohio on December 6th at 6.30 p.m. Uh, the address for that is 15118 Detroit Avenue, Lakewood, Ohio. Um, I'm going to try to swing out for that. Uh, I'm really interested in reading that book. Uh, I got a chance to meet and work with Chuck Mosley, who was the original lead singer of Faith No More. Uh, he passed away about two years ago from a drug overdose. And uh, Doug Esper was his drummer on that last tour he was doing and uh, wrote a, a great book of basically about the uh, final years of Chuck Mosley's life. So, uh, I'm definitely uh, definitely interested in reading that book. In fact, Doug is going to be here in a few weeks. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that book. So, really cool. Uh, December eighth, isn't that is that a Sunday? What day of the week is that? Ed? Let's see. December 8th will be on a Sunday. Oh, it's a Sunday. Today is the first. I should be able to do 7 plus 1. Mm -hmm. And new technology. All right. Well, uh, December 8th, that is uh, next Sunday, or this coming Sunday, uh, at Jupiter Studios at 346 East Main Street in Alliance. Uh, you'll have Castle No Kings, uh, Secret Keeper, and Valkyrie X. Uh, it's ten dollars. All ages starts at five. Sounds like an interesting show as well. And then one that's coming up here in a few weeks that you'll catch me at. Uh, Sponge will be uh, making another return to Northeastern Ohio at the Empire Concert Club. Uh, Friday, December twentieth. Doors at seven p.m. Tickets are twenty-four. Uh, that's an advanced twenty-eight day of the show. Uh, special guests will be Heaven and Hot Rods, Valkyrie X, and The Battle. Uh, Empire Concert Club is located at 1305 East Talmadge Avenue in Akron, Ohio. So I'll be out for that one. Uh, had Sponge on uh, the Midnight Hour when I was doing the Midnight Hour. You know, great guys. Partied with them a few times. I, I consider those dudes my friends. Um... 
Yeah, I believe that's all. No, there's more. Jesus. Ah, those are all later in the month. Fuck it. I think we're done with next weekend. I did. I did. I I did plug the uh, the sponge show a little bit early, but you know that, that'll be a great show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going out for that one. All right, we're gonna take a little bit of a break again, and then we're gonna get Crash the Great in here. Always look forward to hanging out and talking to her, seeing her perform, and everything. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Crash the Great in here. Hey, what's up? What's going on today, Crash? Not a whole hell of a lot. How are you? I'm good. Good. Really good. I'm glad to see you're back to making music again. Yes, yes. I took about a year off. Uh, just was dealing with some voice and some health stuff, but I am back. Yeah, the health stuff. That's that's gonna be rough. You were diagnosed with cancer. Yes, I'm a, officially a cancer survivor. As weird as that is, that's um, I have stage two cell regland cancer, but it's gone. I have a clean, clean uh, scan so far, so I'm all good to go. It was your salivary glands? Is that what you said? Yeah. Wow. I've actually never heard of that. That's like the one I cancer know. I've never heard of. Yeah, it's super uncommon in people that are non-smokers and people that were, I was 27 at the time, so. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. Super weird. But I'm fine. I recovered. I had surgery and went through a couple months of radiation. And honestly, it made me, really kind of made me step back and reevaluate my health and kind of get my voice back to where it needs to be. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm more than ready to start performing again. <laughs> what was your reaction when, when you got that diagnosis? That's got to be tough. Well, honestly, it was shock. I didn't react at first. I was like, oh, cool, okay. <laughs> I just got the phone call. And I'm like, yeah. oh, cancer? All right, that's cool. Oh, it's, um, it's been a rough year for you, though. It has, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm on the upswing now. It's just been crazy. I had that, and then I went through a really rough breakup. And, yeah. Um, but 
it's kind of made me re like reevaluate myself as a person and as an artist. And it's made me really treasure what I do have and not take for granted what I have, like my voice, especially. So do you think that the cancer had something to do with your voice? Cause you took time off because your voice, you yes. know, was getting burned out pretty easily. Well, actually I had, I had strained my vocal cords. I had nodules on my vocal cords, but while they were looking into that, that's when they found the tumor. And I had all the scans after that. So the voice issues actually were kind of a blessing in disguise yeah. because they, they let, they let into, you know, me finding out that I had cancer. So yeah. I'm getting treated. So what was the, what was the treatment? Like, did you go like full blown with chemo and shit like that? No, was I it was just... fortunate enough. It didn't spread. So it was only stage two. It didn't okay. have any left nodes or anything. Um, it just, I just had to go through radiation. So, and it was targeted just to that side of my neck. And my, that side of my mouth, so I was very lucky. It yeah. did dry out my mouth quite a bit. Um, I had like a bunch of cuts like on the inside of my mouth, um, and for a while, my voice was still really dry. Um, but I, I just started working with a vocal therapist about a month ago, and it's been nothing but on the up and up. So how's, so, how's the voice now then? Good. Pretty, pretty strong. Definitely. Better, better than ever. I, you know, I would say so. Um, I had a couple shows over the past few weekends, and one of my best friends was in attendance, and I asked him honestly. I'm like. How do I sound? And he's like, I think you sound better than you ever have. That's good. He's like, you have more control. He's like, you don't sound like you're pushing as hard. Like it's yeah. it's for the best, definitely. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so you're back now, and uh, you know, are you just going to be focusing on the solo stuff, or are you thinking about maybe getting another band together? I am going to try to strengthen, like write some more material as far as my solo stuff goes, and then I'm thinking about looking into doing a band again. But I want to have something to bring to the table. Yeah. If I start working with other musicians. So I definitely am kind of in a little bit of a writing phase right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, you've been you've been playing music you pretty much your whole life, right? Yes. How old were you when you started playing piano? I was four. Four. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, I was four. <laughs> You're like a regular Tori Amos over there. Kinda, yeah. Um, I've sang since I could talk, so more like I was like one and a half. <laughs> did you ever have any kind of uh, vocal training or anything, or did you aside just kind of learn from, it on your own? Yeah, aside from church choir and high school choir, no. Wow. Nope. What about piano? Do you have any formal piano, piano training? I did take lessons for about three years, but I just did basic stuff. The way that I play now, I taught myself. Um, wow. I just kind of, I was taking guitar lessons at the time. I broke my guitar. My first guitar was a first half. It was a little, just a cheap <laughs> starter guitar, and I broke the neck. So um, I just started playing around on my mom and dad's piano, and I took I just looked up the chord frames and just did stuff by ear. So ever since then, I've just done a bunch of improvisation with the piano, and it's worked out. Yeah? Yeah. That's awesome. Though. Thanks. And for, for those of you out there that don't know, Crash and I actually played in a band together yes, very briefly. Did. Yeah, yeah. It was really, it was fun. It was. It was a good time. Yeah. It, was, it was last year. Last year, yeah. 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 Like, you know, at, at times, like, it feels like it was more recent. At times, it feels like it was Forever even longer ago. ago. Yeah. I know. I mean, it was uh, December of two years ago that we yeah. started playing together. Yeah. yeah. I, remember, I remember driving over to Joe's in a snowstorm just to see you guys practice. <laughs> <laughs> I think you came downstairs with beer, and then we're like, hey, you want to play bass? Yeah. <laughs> it and was I, fun. I left being the bass player of that band. Yeah. yeah. You. Yeah, it was a good time though. I, I enjoyed playing with you guys. Me too. You know, um, it was definitely a, uh, a musically diverse band. Oh god, yeah. 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 
fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, there was a few issues here and there, but, you know, everybody there has always issues. issues. You know how rock and roll is. Yeah. There's always, there's always shit. There's yeah. always stuff. Always drama. Especially when you have a, a singer that's slightly unhinged. Oh, Lord. Don't that's, that's, <laughs> that's being nice. No, I, I know you guys have had your issues, but. You know, I, have, I have nothing but love right Yeah. Same here. I, I mean, I've known the kid for, well, he's not really a kid anymore. I've known him for 20 years, you know. Yeah, for about almost three, three yeah. years, but uh, you know, I have nothing. I care about him a lot. I just hope he keeps doing what he needs to do to be to be better and to keep writing. The, he writes great music. Oh, so I hope he never stops. One singing. of the most gifted songwriters I've ever met. The, Me too. The, the guy could just pound out five or six songs a day, and they're all quality songs. I just he does have a gift. Absolutely. I couldn't imagine being able to do something like that. No. Nope. Me neither. I was blessed to work with him. I was blessed to get to know him on a personal level. Yeah. Nothing but love for him. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So uh, musically, though, like uh, early on when you started playing, you were four years old when you started playing. Yeah, I started, yeah, piano when I was four. Uh, What were some of your influences back then? Oh, man. My first favorite was Carole King. My mom actually gave me the cassette tape of Tapestry. So I was all about the whole singer-songwriter with the piano vibe. I, the moment I was four. I love that record, though. I have it on on vinyl and cassette. Yeah. Do you really? It's a great album. Yeah, yeah. it was fantastic. Carol King's been one of, she's always been one of my biggest influences. Um, but I, as I got older, I got into like great songwriters like Bob Dylan, um, Billy Joel. My mom and dad were Bruce Springsteen fans forever, so I was used to, you know, songs about the working man and all this, you know, all this like relatable stuff that's written in such a good way. So that's yeah. always what I wanted to strive for. Definitely. Um, since then, though, because uh, that was a long time ago. Oh, long, long time um, ago. <laughs> how, how have your influences sort of evolved? In that I time? would say so. When I was a teenager, I went through the typical like 2007 to like 2010 emo phase that everybody did. Who's in my age group? <laughs> so I was <laughs> I was a giant fan of MCR, uh, Panic at the Disco, anything that was like a new age glam rock kind of vibe, which both of them were. I loved that. Um, I got into David Bowie after a while, too. Meatloaf. Anything that's super theatrical and ridiculous, I'm all about it. What do you think of the MCR reunion? I fell over. I was at a bar <laughs> on Halloween night. My friend was next to me and he had to catch me because I, I squealed and then fell over. I, so, I, I'm excited. I heard it on the radio and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Did it sound bad? I didn't get to listen to it. Well, it was just an announcement that, that was being made on the radio, but... Uh, you know, they said MCR was doing this reunion. I couldn't believe it because it was just like three months ago that Gerard came out and was I like, know. oh, yeah, we're, we're never getting back together. You, know? you guys know. can just give up that pipe dream. It pulled the wool over everyone's eyes. But, crazy. Well, but then um, uh, Ray came out and said, well, it was because everybody else was down and Frank refused to do it. So, oh, yeah, that was all. Frank was holding him back. I guess he was kind of holding out hope that that uh, – that solo thing he's doing was going to work out, and it really hasn't. No, he's had like three solo things. Yeah, no, it, it's good to see them back. There's so many reunions going on right now. It's incredible. Yeah. That's because we're a bunch of people that we're all into nostalgia. That's a big part of us as a culture right now, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this Disney Plus thing, that's another thing. You know, like everybody goes, I want to watch all the old Disney movies. It's all about nostalgia. Yeah. It is. Well, then you, you, you know, being a piano player, you're really into, like, show tunes, too, so oh, I'm sure yeah. you love Disney. Oh, I, I do. I 
have soft spot eating the beast is my fave. Yeah? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I guess I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I like what I like to like hairy men that are kind of assholes and I try to change them. Is that is that why? <laughs> I I have no comment for that one. <laughs> he has no comment. Yeah. <laughs> Would you agree that Gaston did nothing wrong? Um, you know, I think his only sin was just being kind of a, you know, ass hat. That was it. How was he an asshole? All he did was try to help that girl. He was so chauvinistic. It was gross. I have no sense of it. I was like, no, no, dude, no. I'm going to go hang out with the dog guy. Yeah. I get mad too. Yeah. You know what? That's a good point, actually. That's a good point. All right. So let's, let's get a song. Yes, absolutely. Something. Can I request something? Yeah, what's up, man? Can you play Collateral Damage for me? Oh, man, I think so. It's been All a while. Right. That's, that's, that's one of my favorites. I, I really enjoyed playing that song with you. All right, yeah, I'll give it a shot here. Whoops, hold on, I muted the wrong channel. Oh, come on. Oh, I suck. All I see is your eyes in my bed in the attic that night. Phosphorescent blue winston. And I know this was all confounded out of some terrible accident. But the flames still kiss my skin. I know you once gave a damn. So for that and more, here I am. But you, you will never be my consolation prize. I'm your collateral damage. And I, I could never be your life support tonight. I'm just collateral damage, collateral damage, all right. So go hide in your money in her false sense of security and let my name die in vain. I held you through the tempest and through every hurricane, through the pleasure and the pain. Right now you've got nothing to So for God's sake, just tell me the truth that you, you will never be my consolation prize. I'm your collateral damage, and I, I could never be your life support tonight, so I'm just collateral damage. Collateral damage. 
damage. Don't let the world damage your life. Still reach for your light across the sunless tide Cause I gave you what's mine And laid down my pride For nothing but a dream I will point through my heart the very sweetest thing You know I would have given you everything For nothing but a dream All I see is your eyes like cold blue mirrors in the light And your hand touches my face Hey you will never be my consolation I'm your collateral damage And I know, no, I will never be Your life support tonight So I'm just collateral, collateral Hollow point through my heart, the very sweetest thing You know I would have given you everything But nothing but a dream oh, For nothing for nothing, for nothing but a dream. I feel bad for poor Ed over there. He he can't hear the I know. piano. Oh, I, I get the audio. Don't have enough headphones. Really great. Like, the audio alone is great. Thanks, man. You're clicking the whole time. Just belting it out, and that's all Ed hears. Yeah. <laughs> So, how long did it take you to write that song? That, that song took me, oh, let's see, so I started it, that's a breakup song from a long time ago. I, well, I figured it was a breakup yeah, yeah, song. Yeah. It sounds like a breakup song. <laughs> um, I started writing it, I wrote some of the words down, and then a month later, I was at my friend's house just, just having a couple having a couple drinks, and all of a sudden, the rest of it came to me, so I just told my friend, I'm like, I have to go. I have to go home. I have to go to my piano <laughs> and write it down. So, overall, like, two, two days in the grand scheme, I guess, if you counted the whole time, a month. Maybe. Oh. Yeah, because I started, I put it away, and then I picked it back up. But once, yeah, I, yeah. once it was in my head, it took me three hours. So. so so I'm guessing it's about some guy that really dicked you over? Yeah, some guy that I was his, like, rebound girl from his, the mom of his kids. And we were, oh, like, we had, like, really, really strong feelings for each other. And he just, he broke up with me over a text. And he was in the car with her. I called him, and he was in the car with her. And I'm like, well, you know. You just, if you guys were getting back together, you have kids, you just could have told me, and it just broke my heart. Yeah. You know, it absolutely broke my heart the way it was handled. Yeah, guys are assholes, aren't guys they? Guys are not great. I mean, this is why, this is why, hey, girls, you know, give me a call too. A little, little bit, little bit <laughs> not by much, but, you know, we're, we're all kind of awful sometimes, but guys tend to take the cake with that. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. So, uh, have you been writing new material? You I got have. new stuff? Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, I've been, I'm actually in the process of writing a new song right now. Okay. Um, it's been a few years since I've written anything. So I just, it's been, the voice stuff has been off and on for a long time. Yeah. Um, I had, I've moved, I've done, I've gone through a lot of stuff. So I kind of shut that part of myself off yeah. for a while, but I am working on something. It'll be fun soon. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, are you looking to start recording and, and get some stuff out there? I'm thinking so. I'm thinking once I have a solid ten original songs, I want to at least get a demo done, maybe okay. a EP or something like that, and get it out there because it's been it's been too long, and I feel like I'm finally in the, in the place to have the um, the drive and be in the correct headspace to actually get something finished. Yeah. Um, like I said, I, I just feel like life kept getting in my way, and I'm done letting that happen. So. How yeah. hard is it to balance work, music, social, fan? How hard is it to balance all that? Oh, you have it's, no fucking idea. Uh, <laughs> I have no fucking it idea. It is not easy, man. Yeah. Like, I just came from work straight here. Yeah. And I, you know, I work. She's literally wearing her work. I am wearing my uniform. Yeah, I have my name tag on. Still. I know. Oh God, you're the most talented <laughs> person in that uniform I've ever seen. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, but it's it's not easy. But it's something that you know we we as musicians, especially, we always make time. Like we have to make time for the music, or else you just part of you just shrivels up and dies inside a little bit yeah. if you don't. So it's been too long since I've been like playing out, and I. I felt that part of myself start to shrivel up and die. And I'm like, it's time. It's time to get back out there. Do you feel like when you're not out there all the time that mm-hmm. people kind of forget about you? No. No? Not around here. I have God damn. Like, I have that problem. I have had that problem in the past. I am fortunate enough, especially in Trumbull County, I have what's called my music family. I was in a cover group for a good two years. And... Those guys, they're all in their like late fifties, sixties, so like the grandpa age. Yeah. Um, but they've through them, I've met so many people, and I've met so many people through my first band that I was with in college. And most people recognize me to see me, and sometimes I'm like, no, 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 it's not me. Like people will come into my store when I'm working. Oh my god, crash! I'm like, hi, this is what I do when I'm not playing music. Hi. So I haven't run into that too much the past few years, but I did in the past. See, the entertainment business has, you know, there's a lot of uh, amnesia that happens, you know, if you're not out there constantly, people forget about you, you know, like, I I have that problem, like, I took off to Florida for a year, you know, and there's fucking these new promoters and podcasters that are trying to take my throne, and I'm like, no, 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 this is is my city, all right, you guys need to back off, all right, yeah, I have dealt with that. Like as far as like social media and stuff like that, as far as that goes, yes, I have had that happen. I I was out there with my first band, and we kind of like ripped it apart. Like two of the guys got married and had kids and all that stuff, and we nobody knows who Fall Recruiting is. To say our name, nobody have, nobody would have any. Oh idea. yeah, yeah. I mentioned some of my old bands, and people yeah. were like, "Who?" We used to play all over downtown, all over YSU. Like we were on YSU's radio a couple times, and yeah, no bands, no bands, no bands. yeah. It, Entertainment, it's like I said, it's amnesia. You know, yeah, if you're not out there constantly, yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That's why, you know, I tell the, these young artists, you gotta be constantly it's promoting your shit. Yes. You know, if you're if you're on social media bitching about this and that and, and not promoting your music, people are gonna forget you're even in a band. Exactly. Yeah. Right now I'm kind of at the point where I've been on Facebook officially for over a year, for a year and a half. And I'm, I'm toying with the idea of at least doing an artist page. I don't think I'm going to do a personal profile. Yeah. I hate Facebook. But I am going to maybe make a Crash the Great page just so people can see when shows are, all of that yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah, you kind of have to do that. You know, that's it. You know, I, I use all of the, the different social medias that are out there. And I, I do know. it just to promote. That's, that's the only reason I'm there, you know? Yep. You know, I don't even really share memes unless I'm, you know, feeling extra comedic that day. And I'll... <laughs> 
throw some personal memes that I made, you know, like I just did a whole slew of Limp Biscuit memes the other day. That's fantastic. <laughs> and, I, and I know you like that one, man. I, I just, I started looking up words that rhyme with Nookie <laughs> and photoshopping those with uh, pictures of Fred Durst. Yeah, so I had I took one from the Nookie video. It was Fred Durst walking down the street, and right behind him is Chewbacca. Great. Oh, that's then I took another one. It's Fred Durst standing next to Snooky. Snooky. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's do another song. Yeah, man. Give Give us a new one. You got any new ones I finished? I don't have any new ones finished yet. All right, but I'll do. One. This is one of my favorite ones that I wrote. Okay. This is, uh, the song's called The End is Red, White, and Blue. Oh, I love that song. Thanks, we used to man. play that. He did. He yeah. did. is open with all the wheels of the broken and cast away headlights again the bleeding sun's array is such a bloodstained array cast on love the original sin Driving through twilight, shining in the mirror, the interstate signs glitter red, white, and blue. My mind is still reeling with the hangover treason of those last few promises I made you. But know that I left December behind me last. And I can't let you bring this back. I'll swear to God. I'll swear to you that I'll give this kiss goodbye to the past. We'll just call this surrender after all it's all over. Give it a new name and spray paint it gold. But keep this in mind, I'm holding up all I have. Iron pride, shielding me from your cold. But know that I've December behind me at last. And I can't let you bring this back. I'll swear to God. I'll swear to you that I'll give this kiss goodbye to the past. Oh, oh, oh. What 
Lord's debt should stay dead. Throw the ring in this grave. Burn all these bones, strike the match, feel the blaze. No more buying roses, no more sins to profess. I'm leaving this night, all my souls have been paid. No, that I left December behind me at last. And I can't, I won't let you bring this back. I swear to God, I swear to you, you, oh, know that I left December, I listening to that song and not doing my backing vocal You're, parts. Yeah, man, I know. <laughs> yeah. I got a little too used to that after a while. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Though. I, those are two great songs. Thank you. I'm glad Thank you, you came down and played them. You got any, uh, any shows coming up or anything? Anything booked? I don't have anything booked yet. I'm probably going to be playing in January. I will keep everybody posted. Okay. Yes, but I think for December, I'm taking a little bit of a break just because holidays. Yeah, it's the holidays. And all that crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully soon, though. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. And uh, are you on any social media right now? I will be have a, there will be a Facebook page up um, within the next week. Okay. So please look after, what's, what's today, the first? Yeah. So like December 7th, look for the official Crash the Great on Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you again. Of course. Thank you so much.
right, welcome back. Another great performance there from Crash the Great. Oh, it was amazing. It was great. Yeah. Always good. Oh. I'm glad that she, she chose the songs that she did. I know I requested the one, but... And she decided to play Red, White, and Blue, which was another one of my favorites that we played together. You know, I'll be honest, like, it took me years to be able to uh, play any instrument and sing at the same time. Years. It's... It's it's difficult to do. It's not easy. Not at all. I wouldn't say born with it. It's an acquired thing, you know. Hey, you know what? I could probably turn your mic on. You yeah. didn't have a mic on the whole time? I fucking didn't. I was like, why is oh. he so quiet over here? You see? <laughs> no, no, no. We're good. No, I, okay. I can still hear you. It was just real faint. All right. You know, like program directors got on me for years about not having a board op and not having a producer and all this other <laughs> shit. And I'm always like, I could do it myself. And then here I am not being able to do it for myself for the first time ever. But I'm a little rusty. It's been a while. You, know? you were talking about Crash singing and operating the instrument. You can't even talk about your board. I can't, no. Like, I don't like having a producer. I like booking my own guests. You know, I don't like somebody saying, "Oh, you got to do this that way. You got to do this that way." Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to do that. And with the board, like, it's not hard to operate a board and talk at the same time. It really isn't. I I could do it. I'm just a little rusty. It's been a while. It's, it's yeah. First time. It's first episode back. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the last show I did was uh, Happy Hour, I believe. I haven't. Well, I mean, I did a few ep episodes here and there, so I don't know. Let's say the last episode I really, I don't know. I did an episode last year. I did one episode of Chaos Theory before I took off to Florida. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, as far as doing it consistently, Happy Hours was the last time, and that was four and a half years ago when we ended that one. Yeah. Uh, it, it's slowly coming back to me, you know. Yeah, yeah. And plus, like, the studio is only halfway done. Like, we need new mics. We got to bring a couch in here. And uh, we got to work on the sound. There's a lot of echo in here. It's like a big-ass fucking echo chamber. <laughs> but uh, it's it's slowly coming together. We wanted to hurry up and get this thing on air. So uh, the studio is about halfway finished. But, you know. Well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show here in a minute. Uh, make sure you guys check out Planet Chaos on Facebook. Uh, you can also check us out on Instagram. It's at Planet Chaos Radio on Instagram. Uh, all kinds of cool like behind the scenes shit going on, and uh, you know we're gonna be putting up a website soon where we're gonna be featuring bonus premium content. Uh, probably could do like a, like a subscription for that or something, but, uh, there, we're going to have some teasers on Instagram and Facebook for some stuff that we got coming out. So, uh, definitely stay tuned for that. Um, I also have a Facebook page, Brandon chaos, B R A N D Y N chaos. 
You can check that out as well. Also, I'm on Instagram and Twitter is at Brandon underscore chaos. Uh, I, I got a lot of cool content on there. And uh, also, if you haven't done it yet, go check out my book. It's on Amazon. It'll make a great stocking stuffer. Yeah, I got a poetry book. It's called Bedtime Stories. So if you go on Amazon, search for Brandon Chaos Bedtime Stories, you should find it. Uh, it's a collection of poetry and uh, unused song lyrics that span uh, about 25 years. I uh, put that out about two years ago. Uh, book's been doing all right. So uh, just go check it out if you get a chance. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, we don't have any guests, but I'm going to be replaying some old interviews to get you guys uh, – ready for some of the cool stuff we have. And then uh, the week after that, we'll also be running a couple more older interviews. Uh, and then coming up after those two weeks, we'll have, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know the exact dates right now, but I know Doug. Well, it's, it's hard to build people during the holiday season. Yeah. Family stuff, which we're going to try to respect that. Do a little less of stuff. Then once the new year comes along, we're going to be packing people in the air. Yeah, I, I got some uh, some good guests I'm working on confirming right now. But, you know, after the, the next two weeks, we're going to have uh, Doug Esper, as I said before. He's going to be on talking about Chuck Mosley and, and the book he's got coming out. Or, uh, yeah, coming out. It'll be out next week. Uh, and then I also have a uh, comedian, actor, and, and uh, creator of the web series Love in Youngstown, Brandon Gaddy. He'll be on. He is. Love the guy. He's great. Uh, we're going to be talking about his comedy and, of course, his web series. So a lot of cool stuff coming on, uh, coming up. So uh, make sure you guys stay tuned, and we'll see you guys again next week. Dirty reggae bonks, and we came to get down. Nagels dropping these sick bass lines will roll it through your town. Love the different scenes, and we love the different weed. Walking around, Franco wiping up all pop from little seeds. No, we play the show, super upload, so roll up another fatty, and we'll continue to smoke. But I don't really know what you got to roll. Hoping that you pull out some fire ass and no. Got my own lighter, you know I can match up all. Hoping that you're waiting with a joint after the show. Mr. Weed Man, don't do me wrong Come on, Mr. Weed Man, help me sing my song Mr. Weed Man, won't you feel my bong? Mr. Weed Man, I need some relaxation Mr. Weed Man, don't do me wrong Like Bob Marley, I'ma smoke it till my brain is gone Mr. Weed Man, don't you roll with raw? Mr. Weed Man, I need that medication But I don't really know what you got to roll Hoping that you pull out some fire ass and no Got my own lighter, you know I can match up all Hoping that you're waiting with the joint after the show Everybody solo! In our windows, but I don't really know what you got to roll. Hoping that you pull out some fire ass and no. Got my own lighter, you know I can match a bowl. Hoping that you're waiting with a joint after the show.